Bible studies show. Whoa! What up is Ruth? And she fell on her face. Oh no! <laughs> okay, so she and Ruth are kicking it in Bethlehem to come unto a people. Oh my which god! Without the Lord. So she's like, "Don't text him. Wash thyself, therefore." And anoint thee. I'm surprised. Because it's weird. Good thing I have the whole Bible memorized. Do you remember though? What was what was your what was your lip smacker? Dr. Pepper. I knew it was Dr. Pepper. Definitely Dr. Pepper. I freaking knew it. Also, if there was a blue one, because I was obsessed with blue. The blue raspberry. I guess so, yeah. Blue raspberry as a concept for the 90s. Why? What was that? Everything. And I, it shocked me to grow and up and learn there's no such thing. Berry. Yeah. It was no. blue raspberry. It shocked me to learn that there was no such fruit as a blue raspberry when I grew up. And that makes you feel stupid. And you shouldn't yeah. feel that stupid because what's blue raspberry? Because I was what lied to. What is that? What even is that? Hello, and welcome to Biblish, the podcast where we tell Bible stories. I'm Lily. I am mostly Angela. And neither of us are completely, but we aren't, <laughs> we aren't here to tell you a moral. We are here to tell you a story. At Bibleish, we're serving up equal parts epic tale, summary, and drunk literary analysis. We are not here to preach, so get ready to hear these stories in a brand new way. And also, we don't believe in doing these stories in order, as you have noticed if you listen to this show. But you can actually access a list of our episodes if you join our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Our patrons are the wonderful people that help keep the show going. So thank you so much to everyone who supports us there every month. And this week is more, more Alicia. Alicia. More Alicia. Wow. What will this guy get into next? Before I tell you that, mm. I have a question for you, Angela. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you're in charge of Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> what do you do? What? What, what the... do you do with it? How did I get this job? <laughs> what bait and switch job listing did I find on LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to be a hashtag girl boss? Running an empire? <laughs> Making money on your terms? <laughs> In a great locale? <laughs> Would you like to be an independent business owner who doesn't have to account to anyone? <laughs> Set your own hours and your own torture. Sorry, you misread that last part. Just apply. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. That's all I ever wanted. That's perfect. We're not going to be elaborating in any way. (laughs) That's the bit. (laughs) We're mildly unhinged at this point in time. (laughs) 
You shouldn't do back to back. Cookies on your nightstand? Yes, I have cookies on my <laughs> nightstand. <laughs> I didn't mean to call you out. I just wanted them. So we are going to keep on keeping on with Alicia because his story is still somewhat fresh in our minds. I'll do a recap, but I don't know. I don't know what it is about Alicia. Do you remember when I dated that guy named Joe for a very short (laughs) period of time? And he was very medium in every way, and I called him Average Joe, which is super rude, like not okay or acceptable at all, especially since he was probably a better man than any of the guys I dated before him combined. Um, Yeah, but let me just just (laughs) remind you, you didn't just call him Average Joe. Whenever you were going to have a date or he was going to be coming over, you'd go... It's average Joe. Be like, Lily, how are things going with the guy you're seeing? You'd say, he's average Joe. <laughs> <laughs> he was very average. Yes. Something about him, though, I just, I just wasn't into him. That is exactly what. Alicia feels like to me, and he's a fine guy. <laughs> he, he has twice the power and influence that sad boy Elijah had, but if I were to bring one of them home from college for Christmas, them being like, what's happening? What's Christmas? Aside, <laughs> I would I would bring Elijah. I just... I just like him more for some reason, and I think it's because I I know his tale of woe, mm. and he yeah. wore it on his sleeve. He was the dark, troubled one, and Alicia is the lighter, easier counterpart. Uh, but we're not done with his story, so maybe we'll end up falling for him in the end, and and. This will all just be a pride and prejudice moment. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, we have summarized their stories so many times, so I am not going to do anything too in-depth. I encourage all of you to go back and listen to our past episodes about this prophetic duo, uh, if you haven't yet. Elijah was first. Alicia was after him. Together, they are like the OG Jesus, because most of the miracles they perform are ones that Christ duplicates later on. Before Elijah died, he was like, I'm so sorry, you're me now. Elisha prayed to God that he would have twice the power Elijah was granted, and boy, howdy, that's what he got. Blind people, lepers, food from nowhere, for everyone, etc. So where are we textually? Mm. Well, we are in Kings 2. Yes, one of our favorite books. What (laughs) is Kings 2, you ask? Remember the episode we did? That was the story of the Levite's concubine. That was the end of Judges. The days when the Judges ruled. Duh. Duh. 
Like we said before, it ends in the ultimate shit show. Like Medea. Then Samuel hits the scene and he appoints a king, King Saul, which kicks off Kings 1, which we've already covered. Side note. You know how I'm always griping about the scribes and how much they suck as editors? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I will give them this. The story of Ruth, which is a standalone book, comes after Judges. So that terrible story we told about the woman who was murdered and cut to pieces... Yeah. It is followed by one of the strongest, most memorable female-led stories in the whole book. So thank you to whoever pitched that at the editorial <laughs> meeting. So the last story we told from the story of Elisha was Naman healed of leprosy, which means we are now at 6-1 of Kings 2, an axe head floats. What? I'll tell you about it. Once upon a time, Alicia's followers looked around and decided the place they met in was much too small. If their master would allow it, they could all go to the Jordan and find a pole. Just a pole. Just a pole, but together. With all their poles, they could make a bigger structure and live inside it together. Oh. Uh, yeah. Commune. Commune. <laughs> Noise, Alicia replied. Go then. Commune. Commune. <laughs> awesome, said his followers, looking excitedly to him. Alicia stared them up and down. Why... Were they still all standing in front of him? <laughs> Are you going to come with us? One of his followers asked. With you? Yeah, to build to build the whole thing we just mentioned. <laughs> Alicia realized they wanted him to go with them, so he agreed, but felt so very out of place. The feeling was strange. Elijah, the prophet before him, had found him working, just as these men who followed him are working. Manual labor. He was above them. In no way above them. Yet above them nonetheless. No, such thoughts are wrong. <laughs> There's nothing above any man but God. Hmm. That's it, Elisha thought to himself, slapping his hands to his knees. I will work as they work, as I did before Elijah. Then he heard a gasp, followed abruptly by a splash. He looked in the direction of the commotion and saw a man who called out, Oh, my Lord! He fell to his knees and lifted his hands to the sky. It was borrowed. <laughs> <laughs> Is borrowed the name of a person or are you saying <laughs> borrowed? <laughs> so what happened was he was chopping down his pole. Oh. With an axe. 
and the axe head flew off. That's it. That's a thing. It. That's a thing that we learned in Deuteronomy. That's a thing. But luckily, you know, like in, unlike in Deuteronomy, this one didn't strike anyone. Yeah, because if it did, that's a whole the, other thing. That's a whole other thing. So the axe head it falls into the water, deep into the water. And that was the splash and the gasp. Okay. The axe head was gone and, ah, it was borrowed. Ah, it was borrowed. It was borrowed. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I just got that Tupperware from Tanya last week. <laughs> it was borrowed. That was vintage Pyrex. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Alicia swallowed hard. He didn't like that one of his people could fear the outcome of something so happenstance. Borrowed tools were one thing and flying axe heads were another, but the fear and regret that crumpled before him worried him. Hmm. No one had been hurt after all, so no one should be this distraught. Yet the axe head is not just an axe head. It is immediate debt by losing the borrowed axe head. He immediately gained a debt that must be repaid. And judging by his reaction, he was probably not in a position to pay it. Mm. Where did it fall? Alicia asked the man. He lifted his head from his hands and pointed to a place deep in the water Alicia threw a stick out to the very place the man pointed, and soon the axe had floated to the top. What? As if it were made of wood and not metal or stone at all. You can go retrieve it now, Alicia said as he turned away. All the men who had come to work on the new dwelling just stared from the floating axe head to him, then back again, until one of them eventually went to retrieve it. Before we move on to our next story, I want to talk about borrowing in the Bible, because it's kind of interesting the more you read about it. Yeah. Because you were recalling some of the details as I was telling the story. Deuteronomy does a decent job of highlighting the subject in regards to when and how loans and payments should be conducted. Yes, stealing is wrong. Yes, property is valued. But at the heart and soul of all of it is no one should suffer. No mm. one should be without something they need. So here's a contemporary example. There is a single mother. She just got a job, but the bus won't cut it for transportation. So she tries to buy a car. They run her credit score and it is not good. Very bad. They won't sell her the car. That would be against biblical law. She needs the car. Yeah. The job she's trying to get to in the car could not only change her credit score, but could pay the dealership back for the car. Now, let's say her credit score wasn't bad. Debt collectors aren't a thing, and she gets the car, uh, kills it at her new job, and does not pay the dealership back. 
Mm. Well, that is still an offense, but less so than the first. Interesting. Because the dealership has plenty of cars. They were not in need of that one particular car, but she was. Does that make sense? Yeah. The dealership was in a position to give, but chose not to because they did not believe she could pay them back. And that's considered sinful. Yeah. So Alicia, he famously hates debt. He thinks all debt should be canceled. Thinks it shouldn't even exist in the first place, especially for people who can't pay it. Hell yeah. He's gotten someone out of debt before, if you recall, in the story Widow in the Oil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, her sons were going to be sold into slavery to pay for her dead husband's debt. So Alicia was like, "Uh, you've got a friend in the oil business. Here's an enchanted bottle. (laughs) Yeah, Alicia is... um... He's on, he's on, he's, he's, we, we see eye to eye. Alicia would cancel student loans completely. Here's the thing about that. Oh. So before we go canceling all loans and pool all of our money and possessions together to divide up equally for supposed biblical reasons, let me point something out. Alicia did no such thing. Mm. He didn't stand in the center of town and say workers rise up unionize and come together to help the wife of a fellow laborer who will lose all the earners of her household if nothing is done no he had her go door to door asking for containers then he had her fill and sell them okay okay and the axe Does he go with his follower to the person he borrowed the axe from and say, listen, it broke. It was an accident. If it hadn't happened to him now, it would have happened to you later. No. What does he do? He summons the axe head from the watery depths. (laughs) He defies all laws of physics long enough for the item to be retrieved in this not actually very helpful display of disdain for debt where the ultimate message is it must be paid unless of course you can't then hopefully you meet a magic man (laughs) that's true i guess he's not really providing any uh ideal solutions no it's just Band-Aids, like, well, this must be paid. It's not like, but what if there was a world where this was different? No. He's like, well, I'm here, so I'll help you. It's not a universal solution. (laughs) No. This next story is called Alicia Traps Blinded Aramians. So the king of Aram is conferring with his officers, like he does as a king, He tells them, and I quote, I am going to set up my camp at such and such a place. Mm -hmm. A little while later, a messenger for the king of Israel would go to him and tell him exactly where the king of Aram was going to be so Mm -hmm. he could avoid him. This went on for quite some time. 
Eventually, after much inaction, the king of Aram caught on. We have a rat, he hissed. All his officials looked to each other. Surely they would have noticed one of them coming and going to relay a message or whispering in the shadows after every single meeting. It simply wasn't possible the leak was coming from them. It is not us, said one of his officials. It's that prophet in Israel and his God who tells him everything, even the very words you speak in the bedroom. What? How do you know what words I speak in the bedroom? I don't, sire. I simply mean... Because that's pretty, you know, suspicious of you to say. No, 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 no. Like, I... Because it's like intimate and and personal stuff, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So it's you then? No, I'm... I meant it as like a metaphor for his God knowing everything even the things you think are private. Oh. Oh, it's good. it's good you clarified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cuz I almost killed you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the king learns the call is not coming from inside the house. The call is the house. And the house is a a baby monitor. But the (laughs) baby monitor is invisible, except for Alicia has the parent unit in his head and can hear everything the King of Aram says in the secret bedroom meetings. Does that make sense? We do talk about Bruno. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, this upsets him a bit. He wants Alicia captured, so he asks his officials to find him, which Mm. they do. Alicia's in Dothan. What's he doing there? Sorry, I'm trying to fix my microphone. No. Um, Also in my head, whenever I saw Dothan, I just read Dublin, and I was like, Alicia's in Dublin. Oh, Alicia's in Dublin. Oh, he's having a lovely time. Oh, he's having a pint. The king of Aram orders his army to surround Dublin. In <laughs> the king of Aram orders his army to surround Dothan in the dead of night. The next morning, a servant of the man of God woke early to begin his chores and noticed that the entire city was completely surrounded. Jesus, Mary, Mother, Joseph. My God. (laughs) What are we to do? (laughs) Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? He cries out. Do not be afraid, replied Alicia. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. The servant looked up at him in shock, his eyebrow raised. They were most definitely outnumbered. Absolutely for sure. The math is not mathing. It is. I don't even have to know math to know (laughs) that, that, that we are outnumbered. (laughs) He turned to run, but Alicia stopped him in his tracks. God let him see, Alicia loudly prayed, and God granted him sight. 
the servant looked around with new eyes. He saw the glory of God in all of its vengeful terror. It was not his mighty sword, as everyone said. It was an army of fire, and it covered the hills. War horses and fiery chariots stood at attention with no riders, no drivers, just weapons of war, all poised for God's command. The servant prepared his frightened eyes for bloodshed, but Elisha prayed to God and asked that he strike the army with blindness. The entire army of Ammon was suddenly blinded. They panicked and grasped around until they heard Elisha call out to them in a booming voice, These are not the droids you're looking for. Droids? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. He said, This is not the road and this is not the city. <laughs> Follow me and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. He said, I'm not the one. Not (laughs) today. It's not me, but follow (laughs) me and I'll take you to him. (laughs) Alicia leads the army away from Dublin to Samaria, where they, suddenly renewed with sight, find themselves standing before the king of Israel. (gasps) As well as the man... They were initially looking for who had been there the whole time. Sneaky. Tricky leprechauns. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, It's magically delicious. The king looked down at this enemy army and said, Shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? So... Methinks this quote is using father out of respect, and the repetition represents not only his panic and confusion, but also his ineptitude Mm. as a leader. Yet as a modern reader, it just sounds like, oh, daddy, can I? (laughs) Exactly. May I, daddy, please, shall I kill them now, daddy? Can I kill them all? (laughs) All of them, daddy, to die? (laughs) Do you think, please? No, 100%. Do you think, could, like, would father be referring to... how it's supposed to read? No, I was going to say, do you think that, like, could father be referring to God? Yes. Because he's the representative. 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 Press zero for it. Representative. But also out of respect of his position. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Get it. As representative. Shall I kill them, daddy? (laughs) Shall I? Shall I? (laughs) Shall I do it now, daddy? Please, I want to kill them all. Alicia's reply, we're going to have to break it down a bit. He says, do not kill them. Would you kill men you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and drink before them so they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. Sue, 
I read many different translations of this quote because I was confused about what it was trying to say. Yeah. I'll read it again. Do not kill them. Would you kill men you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and drink before them so they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. My immediate reaction, putting myself in the place of the king of Israel with an enemy army at my feet, I'd say, yeah, Alicia, I would. I would kill the captured men. What are you even talking about? Then I was like, wait, is this a slight dig at his own king? Like, is he is he saying something like you weren't fighting alongside us? So why would you feel entitled to kill them? Okay. Then I remembered there was no fighting. No one fought anyone or died literally ever. The whole story. Yeah, he tricked them. (laughs) It's about one army trying to sneak up on another army, but they just avoid them every time. Then before they are going to attack Dorthan, Dorthan, Dublin, they (laughs) were struck blind and led here to Samaria. So, yeah, why should they die? Right. But, like, so then it's, like, what, did you drag me all the way here to, like, humiliate us and show us that, like, you're more powerful, I guess? Angela. Eh. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, dong. Ding, dong, ding. Because let me also add that it is a super sick burn for the king to host this enemy army and then send them safely home with full bellies after a feast, basically saying, like, Excuse me, did you mean to drop this? <laughs> it's like when Netflix asks, are you still watching? You're like, I was enjoying myself. And also like, it, yeah, it is humiliating for them. I'm sure after being dragged hither and thither all around blind, they're probably a little hungry and tired. And so like, it's kind of humiliating to be like, yeah, I'll have seconds, thanks. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's also it's also a huge flex to yeah. be able to feed an enemy army. Yeah. Like feast them. Yeah. They're gonna go home. You have your own army as well as your own people, and so to be able to do that is really something. Um that will not be great in the future. (laughs) (laughs) So the quote is interesting because it's a bit disarming. I mean, it, it made me question my own reaction. I'm just so used to slaughter and servitude in this book uh, that I forgot that (laughs) this was also an option. And the quote is also interesting because it's an ancient window into something we like to think of as modern when it's actually not. And that's the treatment of prisoners of war, especially if they put down their arms and surrender. Mercy wasn't invented during the Geneva Convention. It's (laughs) not a new concept. 
And that's kind of uh, something we've mentioned before when we have our ancient history stereotypes. Yes. Yeah. So in conclusion, Mercy was extremely wise. The army that was sent to capture Alicia was not by any means the whole army of Aram. And guess who didn't want to fight and raid the people of Israel who showed them mercy once it was all over? The people. The guys. The guys. The guys. Doing the things. (laughs) (laughs) Stop being sneaky following me around the desert. You're like obsessed with me. They stopped sneaking around being obsessed with them. Taking their stuff. That's fan behavior. Yeah. So it ended up leading to peace. Although absolutely nothing had happened. <laughs> the end. Wow. Yeah. Tactical maneuvers. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Literally not so fast. Yeah. I... I mean, obviously, like, I'm not, I'm objectively, like, not a fan of warfare. So (laughs) I like this story because it's, like, an equal, if not better, flex than actually just murdering them and being like, yeah, we killed a bunch of your men. Like, good luck with that, you know? Yeah, it is. Like, no one was reported to have died. No one was harmed in the making of this, of this book. (laughs) No one was harmed in the making of that chapter. And um, everyone made it back safely, well-fed. They were like, you know, the Israelites, they're not bad. Uh, I don't think we'll raid them anymore. I think maybe we should They showed us mercy. Yeah. Also, I heard this guy could, like, lift stuff out of the water, so... (laughs) (laughs) And he struck us all blind, so... What if they did kill all of them? How would a ram know that? Like, unless there were any survivors who escaped to go tell the tale, like in ye old Bible times, it would take them so long, I feel, to like, they either would just make the assumption of like, well, they didn't come back, so I guess they did. Or like, how would they know? You know what I mean? Like, where they have to like send out people to go like figure it out. Etc. Etc. So anyway, point being, everyone was talking. There's also this is a total freaking sidebar, and I'm not going to go that far down it because I don't know the actual research. But there has been interesting research done on the topic of why gossip is healthy and the function of gossip as human development and like societal development in a way. Mm. Um, And I find that really interesting. Not that it would have been gossip, but it is like there had to be so much talking back then. Have you heard there's a rumor in St. Petersburg? <gasps> Have you heard what they're saying on the streets? Although the Tsar did not survive, one daughter may be still alive. <gasps> the Princess Anastasia. And please do not repeat. I love that. That whole movie's a fucking jam. <laughs> well, Lily, thank you for telling me these stories. Thank you for listening. Always. Oh, Sorry, Alicia. I'm feeling so unhinged lately. <laughs> Don't ever apologize for that. We are all unhinged. And if you uh, don't think you're unhinged, 
You better get on it. You better get on it. You better get on board. And if you look around the room and no one else is saying they're unhinged, then it's you. It's you. <laughs> look you to your left. What? Look to your right. Every single person is going crazy right now. Uh, no but truly thank you for this um and i'm just gonna say from like where we're at right now he's average joe (laughs) like that's cool though like that's cool about the blindness stuff like that's a cool move and i'm like cool story bro but I'm still, I still need, I need to know more. I agree with you. I agree with your assessment. My emotional loyalty. Everything's just like so sleek and easy for him. Yeah. Like, oh, I turned a whole army blind and I led them all to this place. Right. And I'm like, have you ever heard of and Moses? Or their sight. And then it went like. Everyone else has such a hard freaking time, and he, I don't see his tale of woe yet, and it's bothering me. Yeah, he better start showing his tail. (laughs) (laughs) Someone (laughs) hasn't been getting inspired by Moses, and it shows. Okay, Alicia? So, get Uh... suffering. Get suffering. Get to suffering. Where the ladies won't be interested. (laughs) (laughs) But for real, thank you for telling these stories, Lily. And um, for our listeners, if you, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, if you would like to listen to episodes of Biblish that are no longer available, because we have been doing this for four years, uh, we do have a full list of our episodes all the way back to the very beginning uh, available on our Patreon. Our Patreon is our community and our most bestest supporters who for as little as a dollar a month help support the show and keep us going and also get fun perks, which you can have when you sign up at patreon.com slash Bible-ish podcast. Just patreon.com slash Bible-ish podcast come join us again we are not here to mock or glorify the bible we are just two modern Modern day day ladies trying to wrap our heads around an ancient text goodbye goodbye